regular listeners of this podcast know that on May 22nd, as it turns out, I later found out, woefully underprepared and woefully underpowered, I nonetheless decided to go off the grid to see how long I could make it. My goal was one month. I didn't know if I would make it more than a couple days. Also, regular listeners know that on July 22nd, I recorded an episode saying the battery broke or the solar panels broke or both. In any case, I'd made it two months. I couldn't see how I was going to make it any longer. I was going to declare victory after two months of being off the grid, cook lunch, and move on. Regular listeners might have also noticed I kept talking about being on the grid past July 22nd. What gives? How come I said I was going to stop and then kept going? I meant to record an explanation as to what happened. As it turned out, recording my second episode with Michelle Nyhaus covered this story. Remember, she lived off the grid for 15 years, and we talked about that a lot. She also wrote a book, Beloved Beasts, about the environmental movement, and she writes for the New York Review of Books, High Country News, The Atlantic, many other places, so she knows about living off the grid, the environmental movement, things like that. I got the chance to talk to her about it and share how did it happen that I said I was going to stop and then kept going. Little hint preview is that when I played sports, there was a teammate of mine who played with such amazing intensity, would not give up on defense. And I channeled that, or I, that inspired me, these memories of him. And I decided to keep going. As I'm recording this, it's August 9th, day 79, 80 into this. I'm keeping going. I'm not sure how much longer. But here's the story of what happened on July 22nd and kept me going since. Can I talk about being off the grid? I have to, at best, humble brag here. <laughs> probably, probably more like brag. On May 22nd, I had the battery charged from the roof and decided to start going off the grid. I knew I'd go back on at some point. It was just an experiment. So somewhere on July 20th, July 21st, the battery broke. Maybe also the solar panel broke. I thought, all right, that's close enough to the 22nd. So on the 22nd of July at noon, that would be two months. <laughs> so I couldn't charge the battery. So I recorded a solo episode saying, well, I declared victory and moved on. Right? I, I said, I'm, I've made it two months. I didn't know how I would make it even two days at the beginning. After I record, I'm going to go over and reconnect, cook some stew and have lunch off the power grid. I stop recording and I look over my counter and I see I got this big thing full of cabbage that's fermented into sauerkraut and some kale that's fermented into whatever kale kraut would be. And I think, well, I got another meal there. I don't have to plug back in just yet. I started thinking about when I played sports, there was this guy, I played ultimate Frisbee. And in uh -huh. ultimate, there's a position where someone has a Frisbee and someone's marking them. And the mark is like, you're trying to block them from throwing yeah. it. Yeah, right. Usually people play and you put, you, you know, you try to block it somewhat, but one time this teammate of mine, Ben Usadi, was just putting everything he had into it. Like mm -hmm. I've never seen someone so intent on blocking that throw and keeping the throw from getting off. Like he, at one point he was on the ground, maybe he dove or whatever. And he's like sticking his hand and feet up in the air. I'm like, I've never seen that. Like usually people just kind of give up at some point. He just would not give up. So I thought, how long can I keep this going? So today is August 5th. So since July 22nd, I've been going on zero power, not even solar. Oh, now oh my I gosh. Can, the cheat remains that I can plug in my computer and phone at NYU. I can't go there. I okay. don't just go there and plug it in. I go there to work. But then like right now I'm at home and I just came from the NYU library where I was um, working on a story and that's all I got. So I've been, I haven't been able to cook. It, I don't know if you can see, but like the beard is longer because I have this electric razor. And I can't, that's not part of the cheat. I'm not going to take that to NYU. <laughs> And shave there. I'm happy to use the straight razor, huh? Well, 
I don't shave with the razor because I'm, I'm on my last cartridge from like years ago. Uh-huh. And that's part of why I let the beard grow is because that wears out the cartridge much faster. It's to save, yeah. you know, keep that going longer. I cannot believe, like this whole thing was, I couldn't believe I could make it more than two days using the solar panel and then going up and on the stairs all the time. And the next thing you know, I've gone like two, two and a half weeks, three weeks on nothing. Just some, I'm like sprouting the beans, fermenting the beans so I can cook them because I thought you had to cook them. Eating all the salads instead of cooking stuff. And mm-hmm. I can't believe how long I'm making it. It's so no, no heated or cooked food. You're just eating. Yeah. It's all salads and cereal. Like I didn't realize, I I realized a while ago that you could um, still cut oats. My mom Mm -hmm. growing up, she was like, Oh, still cut oats are great, but they take so long to cook. So we don't have them that Mm -hmm. often or just soak them overnight. Turns out the whole oats, you can do that too. Not the rolled oats, but the like whole grains, same with wheat and and buckwheat. And so I'm having all these, like this has been this big revelation that I used to think, I used to think the cereal aisle in the supermarket, like that was normal. Yeah. Now I'm like, that's not normal. That's just what they made commonplace. Now I'm getting all these grains from the bulk section that I didn't, I I was like, I don't know what to do with Kamut. I don't know what to do with Faro. And now I'm eating them for breakfast. And how are you refrigerating stuff? Fridge been off the fridge. I unplugged the fridge in September. So when I get stuff back from uh, the CSA, Mm-hmm. right away I have to think of like okay these things have to start fermenting right away because I got to finish it in a week for the next thing mm-hmm. and then these things have to put in water so like the celery is in the water because that the water keeps it fresh even if it's not refrigerated I see okay and then the beets go into they, they'll stay for a while but the beet greens I got to start fermenting right away mm-hmm. the beets I'll either I put them in chutney they ferment with like a citrus fruit they take a, a while to do, but like I'm looking over there, but something like cauliflower, that's raw, but the leaves I'm testing. I'm just starting to ferment them to see what will happen with them. Cause I, I'm not going to throw any, uh, let anything go. And I just have to like figure it out. And I looked up how to ferment beans and they're like, well, you can ferment them, but it's going to smell really bad. And I'm like, Oh, this smells pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, totally. But the lentils I'm, I'm sprouting, I've sprouted, sprouted before, but I didn't realize now I'm kind of doing it more methodically before it's mm-hmm. just, could I do it one thing after another? It just keeps working. That's great. Yeah. I, I can't, I, I, this is a great experience in life is when to, <laughs> is the following is to believe something is impossible and then to do it. Right. That, and, yeah. That's a great point. And so I'm doing things. You were saying it's nice to like bring your own coffee cup. Maybe it'll have some effect on others to me living by my values that's its own thing. Like whether it leads anyone else or not, I'm, yeah. I'm going to do. So the issue of whether this is actually going to make a difference in the world is secondary for my own personal behavior of not secondary, but if, if there's something that pollutes and something that doesn't, that doesn't pollute, I'm going to do the non-polluting way. I don't care if it, I mean, I do care if it affects others, but that's not my main criterion. Now, separately, okay. there's leadership leading others. When I invite someone on the podcast, I want to, what's their renown? What's their influence? Mm-hmm. What's their leadership value? That's important there. Yeah. But in terms of but, making the, like these beans smell pretty bad. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to show that one off to others. <laughs> but you, that's where you, you talk about the importance of intrinsic motivation. And I think that's right. It's if you're doing something, some of your 
efforts to change might lead to things that are not pleasant, but the overall experience of learning how, you know, gradually over time, learning how to more and more live by your values has its own reward, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah. There's that for me to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, such an, a huge example of, I would have thought impossible that I also believe there's leadership value and I want to share it with the world and communicate. If you thought this was impossible, you can either think I'm lying to you. You can disbelieve reality or you might do what happened, what was inevitable for me, which was to examine the beliefs that led me to think it would be impossible and question those beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that maybe is where leadership can be really powerful is saying, you know, along, of course, with the the right policy changes and incentives and so forth, but where, where someone, where a voice of experience and a voice of influence can say, it's not as hard as you think. Here is where your assumptions about the difficulty of this are not right. Yeah, I think even more than that is, I mean, to me, it's Mm -hmm. if you think X is impossible and you only need one example of someone doing it, that is no longer impossible. Now people are going to say, oh, well, you have certain advantages that I don't. Like you have an access to a farmer's market and I don't. Well, that's what we want to change. It highlights that's where to change things. Mm -hmm. Lots of other things. I mean, also, I I have to do a bit more research on this because at some point I stumbled onto something that said, at what level of power uptime the U.S. power grid can have? Like right now we're at 99 point something percent uptime. Maybe Texas is a bit lower sometimes. At a certain point when that goes down to, I don't know where it was, 60%, 80%. I don't remember the number. I got to look this up. Then solar and wind, which are still not renewable. They're still not green. They're still not clean, but they're a lot cleaner than fossil fuels. Then you don't need the peaker plants anymore. And you can just go on intermittency. That is to say, if everyone can go something like a week without power, I don't know what it was, maybe a couple of days. See, I, I, can't, I can't cite my source, so I, I got to look it up. But if everyone can live with a certain amount of intermittency, then we, we can get by with an intermittent power source mm-hmm. and we can stop building nuclear. And why do we like, okay, hospitals, police stations. Okay. We got to solve that separately, but there's still 330 million Americans. That's a pretty big number that if they could go without, if they could just like much of the world, if they find out the power is going to go down for a week and they, they can do that. And why do, can't people put the power down because I think the refrigerator is a big, a big piece of it. And what are in fridges? I think a lot of what's in fridges are people, they buy vegetables and they think, ah, now I'm going to be healthy. And then there's just vegetables, just, the vegetables just go bad in their, in their crisper. I don't know why it's called a crisper because sure. stuff just goes, goes bad yeah. in there. And the other thing is it's filled with these condiments that they bought once and they keep there. I've seen my parents' fridge. It's full of stuff that they bought years ago. And it's like some Dijon mayonnaise. <laughs> because we need Dijon mayonnaise, that's why we need nuclear power. Yeah. I right. think if we, <laughs> now the flip side of not having all these condiments in there is actually eating the vegetables and getting fresh vegetables. And it turns out fresh fruits and vegetables stay pretty good, even in like 90 degree weather. They don't go bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I got to know what to put in the water, and, but the frozen pizza goes bad pretty quick. Right. Right. Fresh food is easier to keep in yeah. some ways. The system, there's definitely, I don't even have to cross the street to get packaged doof, mm-hmm. but I have to walk a bit farther to get farmer's market stuff. Mm-hmm. How do we influence it? I mean, so we want more farmer's markets everywhere. 
this is the direction to go in. I think not something like a quarter to a third of Americans have two fridges or households have two fridges. It increased during yeah. the pandemic. People are thinking that's normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, I hope so to how be long, an example. How long are you gonna, yeah. Okay. So today's day 75 and uh -huh. my, my and next. And no power since June. May 22nd. What? No, but no, no solar oh, that at was, all. Uh, yeah, it was when. July 20th, 21st, 22nd. I am looking forward. So the, the new battery is coming soon. They're, mm -hmm. they're replacing it. They sent me an email today that like to check FedEx or whatever to find out when it'll arrive. Now it's possible the solar panel is also broken. I know one, I, the, I know it wasn't charging. Was it only the battery or both the battery? I don't know what happened. Was there a surge or I don't know. So if it works, then I'll have my first stew in a while. If it doesn't work, I have to think about it because on the seventh will end in two days, we'll end this current billing cycle. Usually it takes a couple more days to get the bill. And I'd like to get the zero kilowatt hour electric bill. Will I try to keep going from there? Last night was pretty warm and it would have been nice to have a fan on. But once it gets to cooler weather, I don't know. I'm taking it day by day. I'm thinking about Benji, my old teammate, just whatever it takes. Don't never give up. Mm -hmm. I don't know because <laughs> it'll be day 77 and it's hard not to think of a hundred because that's pretty, that's a, like a nice round number and like a nice fraction of a year. So I, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm so into this. Great. It's like, uh, I feel like, I mean, I'm not a parent. I don't know what yeah. it's like to be a parent, but I feel like watching your kid just achieve more and, and like, can't wait to see mm -hmm. what comes next. Yeah, that's exciting. And and when you do go back to what most people would consider a Spartan life, lifestyle, it will seem luxurious, like your stew will seem the best thing ever. I was thinking about that, about how when I get the battery, assuming it works, so I'm going to be happily going up 11 flights. And if it's char start charging, I'll be like, oh, this is great. I'm going to have my first stew and, and still not using power from the grid. When I do start using power from the grid, I don't know. I mean, it'll be so easy and so indulgent and also so right. polluting and it'll mm -hmm. still be like a, like 90 cents for the month you know because i'll still be even if i go yeah. back even if i reconnect i'll still be going up and down sometimes just not as much mm -hmm. yeah it'll be interesting to see how it feels i mean after coming back on the grid after living off it for years there were certain conveniences i really appreciated but not as many as i thought there would be I did miss that feeling of just the, just the, as you would say, intrinsic, intrinsic reward of living off the grid of in energy independence. I'm really glad you share with me so much last time. Cause you're the only person I've spoken to. I know that lots of people have lived off the grid, but I haven't talked to them. <laughs> I yeah. I recommend it. And I'm glad to know that it's possible to do it in Manhattan. Yeah, I'm totally in uncharted, uncharted territory here. We'll see what comes. I, I don't know. I, I'm, right. I mean, today's and, day 75, yeah. which, is, which is to say 73 days farther than I expected. Uh -huh. And you're doing it as a pioneer, right? Like there, if there were a few innovations, a few changes in policy, it would make it much, much easier, yes. right? Oh, yes. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. One of the things that I hope, I do hope in the long run that there's policy changes that come from it. But what in the short run, I hope that when the story gets out, there's a few people who say, you can do that. Mm -hmm. I want to do that. It won't take many people to say, 
maybe a couple of people in every city to be like, oh, if you can do it in New York, I can do it here. Mm-hmm. And some people will be like, okay, I'll, I'll make it a week. I'll make it a month. I'll make it three months or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think that could be some serious change. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause then, you know, those people would get some attention because what they're doing is unusual and then perhaps word spreads and it sort of creates a bit of a feedback loop where public demand is driving policy changes and policy changes are leading to more public demand because they're taking away some of the early barriers. So you're onto my fun little project. (laughs) I wish you great luck and uh, hope it becomes a movement. Thank you. Well, let's wrap up there. 